home of the stars, through the airwaves and on the big screen. Coming to you live from Hollywood, it's Rated G Radio with your host, Garrett Miller. Well, hello, all of my It is Tuesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. At 7 p.m. Pacific time, we are live for the next hour. In just a couple of moments, I'll be bringing on my guest co-host, Rebecca Fisk. You'll know her as America's Top 50 Psychic. But before we get to that, I always like to give a shout-out to all of the hosts here on the Rated G Radio Network, including last week's guest co-host. That was Mary Lou Monroe Ray. She hosts specials on the occasion from Brisbane, Australia. She actually travels all up and down the eastern seaboard of Australia, interviewing some of the most prolific Australian um, singers, songwriters, actors, activists, and enthusiasts that she is connected to. And she always does such an outstanding job with her show. She puts a lot of time and effort into that, and it really um, is evident when we listen to her broadcast. That's Rated Oz Radio. We'll also have next week Mr. Rob Watson, my um, original guest co-host on Rated LGBT Radio, and he now hosts that on his own on Thursday afternoons at 2 o'clock. And then finally, Stephanie Gerard. She'll be back in two weeks with me on the first Monday of the, I think it's the last Monday of the month. I don't remember how we have it set up, but it always precedes the first Tuesday of the month for her show, Journey with Stephanie. This month she had on a very special guest from the Tennessee area, and his name was Johnny Parker. He's um, an intuitive psychic healer as well, so that was a fun show to be part of. Um, all of the shows you can take with us on iHeartRadio. You can listen on Apple's podcasts, or you can download the show right here off of Blog Talk and take the show with you. So I encourage you to listen when it's convenient for you, but download the show, tell a friend or thousand, and um, take Rated G Radio with you wherever you go. And, of course, all of the shows have the socials connected right here on the show page. So if you'd like to find out more about Rebecca Fisk, her website, I Am Rebecca, is linked directly to her name. Of course, Rated LGBT Radio, Rated Oz Radio, and Journey with Stephanie all take you to the respective pages as applicable. Now, my shameless plug for the night, which I don't usually do at the very end of the show, we're going to do it at the very beginning. And that's if you have a Spotify account and would like to listen to my two albums come out last year. The first one is under my artist name, you know, because Snoop Dogg's mom didn't name him Snoop Dogg. He came up with that. So my artist name is Blonde Jesus, and you can listen to my rock opera called Musical. It's won some critical acclaim. And then the Christmas album is also called Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. You'll see a picture of myself and my beautiful dog, Jenny, one of the four dogs I have. She was the only one who was really interested in the attention on the day that we took the picture. That's why she made the final cut. See, sometimes you just have to show up and great things happen. And now she's on the cover of the most amazing Christmas music you're going to hear any time this year. And you're going to hear the, the best 2022 Christmas music first, because that's one we released at January 1st, just in time not to sell it for Christmas last year. That makes a lot of sense. But there we go. Okay. Rebecca, welcome back to Rated G Radio. How the heck are you? And let's talk about you and your shoulder. 
Oh, well, thank you. I still have to, and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and by the way, I do actually love the album that came out just not in time for Christmas. Um, it's awesome. And uh, I also love your Valentine's song with That's Kelly Fitzgerald. Fun. It's a fabulous, fabulous song. Love it, love it. It's fun and peppy, and, um, you know, I actually think you should play it tonight. Well, guess just in what? Case you weren't I thinking actually, about it. <laughs> you know, um, accidentally might have queued it up this morning when getting the show all prepped. So probably about the halfway mark, we'll play One Time Valentine. It's my duet that I recorded last year with Kelly Fitzgerald. We actually won an award for Best Rock Country Song, I think for May of last year, from one of the indie organizations down here in Los Angeles. So you'll get a chance to hear that. So thank you for that little you know, plug, Rebecca. I always appreciate that. But anyway, so how the heck have you been? It's been a hot minute. It has been a hot minute. Uh well, <laughs> you know, uh, up and down, uh, in pain, out of pain, which is, you know, par for the course with uh, recovering from, you know, my, my various escapades with my shoulder. Um, I'm back. I'm in physical therapy now, and um, which is a blessing and a curse because it hurts a lot. But um, I went from not being able to lift my arm about, well, five days ago to I can actually lift my arm. So wow. um, it's. It's, yeah, I'm really grateful. I love my physical therapist. I'm really grateful to my body that it's being so cooperative. And, and he basically said to me, you know, part of the reason that I'm recovering quickly and seeing a quick response from my body is because um, I was in fairly decent shape before I got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, you know, something that I want to point out to folks is that the way that your body looks on the outside does not necessarily reflect how healthy the body is. Because somebody looking at me might not think that I'm that healthy, but I'm actually I'm actually really strong, and I have done a lot of working out and a lot of walking, so I have, you know, good muscle strength and fairly decent flexibility when I'm not um, homebound for two months and having to sleep sitting up on the couch. Um, right. So I'm looking forward to yogurt, yoga again. I was going to say yogurt. No, not yoga. Well, I like yogurt too, but I'm looking forward to yoga again. Um, but that's going to be a little bit longer. So, um, you know, um, I'm grateful for all of the lessons that I've learned with all of this. But, uh, frankly, um, you can tell everybody to not break their shoulder, that they don't have to do it. I did it for everyone. It's not fun. And um, if you're one of those people who typically learns things from their own experience, let this be the one thing that you pass on and say, I can learn from Rebecca going through it. Um, you don't need to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, so. the sage words of wisdom for all of you who thought tonight, you know what? I don't have anything to do. It's Valentine's. <laughs> I'm going to go break my shoulder. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, the, the bigger lesson there is stay present in your body. If you feel like you're running around a lot and you're rushing, just take a breath and slow down because nothing is that important. Truly, there, there really isn't anything that's that important. And this is coming from a former police and fire dispatcher who, you know, would be on the phone with, with people who were in life and death situations. And you know what? The people who are driving uh, with their lights and siren on to get to you are still not going to drive faster than what the law says they're supposed to drive to get there. And if they can be mindful 
and careful on their way to a real emergency, then we can take a moment and take a breath and get back in our body and be centered and present in our actions. So, um, you know, I kind of wish I'd thought about that uh, before I was in a hurry to rush out the door to go to Pilates that day. <laughs> well, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. <sighs> now you tell Sometimes me. Sometimes twenty fifteen or twenty thirty, <laughs> but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. So it is Valentine's Day, Rebecca, and it just seems yes, it like around this time we're doing a show talking about all the wonderful candy that we like to eat and all the flowers and things like that. Let's recap where we've been in the last year and where we're at today. I, I can go first, or I'll invite you to share what's happened in your Valentine's Day world in the last year. Well, I I would like to listen to your, your uh, recap first. Okay, so my recap is very exciting. So if you aren't glued to your chair, get some super glue or the rhino glue and put it on your butt because you are going to leap out of your chair because you are not going to believe what I have to tell you. So it has now been officially 2.25 years since I've had a date. Um, So all of last year for Valentine's Day, I celebrated um, by coming home every night really legitimately every single night and saying hello to my four adorable puppies. They're really 14 years old now, but I call them my puppies, Eric, Bill, Jenny, and Angie. Eric and let's see, Eric was named after Eric from True Blood. Bill was named after Brad Pitt because when I called Bill Brad, when I first got Bill at eight weeks, he didn't recognize the name, but I said Bill and he turned around. So Bill is named after Bill Compton, from True Blood. Hold on, I need a glass of water. And then Angie and Jenny are named after Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie. Because, of course, hello. So I come home and I hang out with my puppies every night. And that's been my social agenda for the last year. I will tell you, though, that um, I'm not sure what has come over me because I am, and Rebecca can attest to this, I am the biggest curmudgeon there is. I hate Christmas, even though I just released a Christmas album. You wouldn't know it. I'm a big Grinch, and I am not a romantic person whatsoever. But I think I shared with Rebecca last week or maybe even earlier this week, I said, you know, I think I might even be open to dating again. And I think that's when we heard across the entire western seaboard a giant thud. That's because Rebecca fell out of her chair. I told you this is why you need the rhino glue to glue your butt to the chair. Um, but but I think that I'm, I've I hate to say I've worked on my my stuff. I just think I'm I'm at the point where I am open to being open to meeting somebody, and I'm not sure how to do that anymore. The last time I was going, I need to meet somebody was probably like I don't know, 15, 18 years ago. And you went to a bar, and you hung out in a bar, and then maybe somebody cute came in the bar. And then maybe you struck up a conversation, and, you know, the the rest is history. Well, I don't drink anymore, and so um, – and but I have no problem with anybody who does. So if you're, if you're a lush, good for you. It's just – it's not my thing anymore. Um, so going to a bar or even knowing where to go is kind of one of those things because as a – um, gay man of a certain age, well, you know, going to the go-go bar um, doesn't really work. 
York. And I'm not really sure, at least here in Orange County, how many um, restaurants really are catering to the LGBT community. Now, you can go to a straight place all that you want, but, you know, I'm not interested in picking up on straight guys or straight girls, for that matter, or queer girls. <laughs> anyway, so that's so much more than you want to know. But I think I am open to the universe saying, okay, well, you know, maybe if the timing is right, we'll bring somebody to you who might be cute and might think you're cute, and there we go. So that's my uh, that's my story, Rebecca. That's uh, I know it's, it's riveting. Well, I think it's awesome. I think it's wonderful that you're ready to date again. And actually, you know, I'm trying to think back to when you told me that, and I was trying to remember if that's the day that we got the tsunami warning. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that that was like, the day the tsunami I mean, warning you, hit Southern California. Me, that is like, a true statement. <laughs> because, um, you know, okay, and so come on, Jared, let's be honest. Everybody's like, oh, my God, Jared's hot. Like, okay, well, is he is he straight? Is he gay? Is he, is yeah, he, yeah. Is he with somebody? Is he, you know, I mean, and yeah. this is like, you know, this, trust me, it's happened more than a few times. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like, oh, you know, he's not, he's either, well, he's he's off the market or, uh, you know, at, at the beginning, like he was in a relationship and, you know. Yeah. So, of course, I've had all these people ask and, you know, whatever. And so it's like, no, no, not, no, 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 no. And now it's like, hmm, well, so anybody says anything. Yeah, you know, and and by the way, I'm officially telling everybody out there, I am not looking to be fixed up. So don't say, oh, I've got just somebody who would be perfect for, okay, so don't put your fixation on what you think my perfect person will be, because I will tell you, it statistically is probably not the case. I have a very specific type of individual that I'm attracted to, so I will know it when it happens, and it hasn't happened yet. But I'm open to, I'm, you know, I'm open to a variety of different types of people, but I have a very specific type when it comes down to particulars, you know, like we all do. You know, isn't that funny how um, we see, and, and we'll kind of get off topic here for a second, but it's so funny that we see um, people all in all walks of life. Now, whether you're gay or straight or whatever, I, it doesn't really matter. It's just like race. If you're black, blue, purple, green, white, yellow, green, white, tan, aqua, doesn't matter. But you see people who are like, oh, well, they shouldn't be allowed to, you know, date or they shouldn't be allowed, you know, because they, you know, you're putting your and your judgments on what other people can do or who they can be with to be happy. And And I've been guilty of that in the past, for sure. By the way, if, you know, for anybody who's listening, I have said every swear word ever. At least once, probably at least a thousand times, every single one. So if you think you got some video on me swearing, well, you probably do. Um, and if you've got me ever saying something mean or nasty, it's, I've said it. I'm I'm the first person to admit it. But I think as I've tried to evolve over the last couple of years, I now really don't give a crap who you date, who you sleep with or don't sleep with. If they make you happy, good for you. I want you to be happy, be happy together, genuinely happy, not happy because, you know, my mom's going to like this person or my best friend thinks this is what I need to do, but because you both want to be together. But it is stunning to me to see how many people out there in this world don't want other people to be happy with who they choose to love. And so if it's people of the same race, of a mixed race, different sexes, same sex, whatever, 
And you read so many of the headlines that are out there today. So-and-so is dating so-and-so. Now, I really do have to kind of keep my mouth shut because I see some of these like people, people who have good publicists, who have no redeemable qualities of talent whatsoever, but somehow they manage to make all of the front pages all of the time. So-and-so is dating so-and-so. And back before I deleted all of my social media about three and a half years ago, I would have lots of commentary on who's dating who and what I thought about that. And I realized people don't really need to hear about those things because none stop commenting. But it is shocking, Rebecca, when I'm reading the news or seeing news clips about so-and-so and so-and-so and why people are so fascinated with who's doing what to whom. What right. do you think about that? Well, you know, it's funny. It, it brings to mind, um, and, and yes, we'll come back to topic before too long here, I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it brings to mind, uh, years ago for me, I did a lot of uh, singing with a guy who was a singer-songwriter and really good-looking black guy. And, you know, so we, we went to different places and sang together and I was doing demo work for him and, and whatever. And a lot of people assumed we were a couple. Now, granted, when, you, when you're singing with someone and you're singing a duet, there is a connection that has to be there in order to be, you know, creating the experience um, and the channeling, if you will, of the music. And so if you're both connected to the music, then you're also connected together. Um, it's because you're connecting at that level of musicality in order to create an experience for your audience. Mm -hmm. And so many people just assumed that we were a couple, which was, you know, you know nothing was further from the truth. Really good friends. Absolutely loved him. Um, but it was very, very interesting to me. So, and that was, um, when was that? That was in the 90s. I guess that was in the late late 90s. Um, so, dating myself. Um, so, and, you know, part of that, too, is, you know, at the time, not that many people were were openly in a mixed couple. That wasn't, it wasn't quite as, accepted and just, you know, now it's like, who cares? Um, yeah. But that was, you know, even though it wasn't that long ago, it was long enough ago that it was like, oh, my gosh, did you see that? How beautiful that kid is. Well, well, you, you know, her dad's black and her mom's white. And look at what a beautiful child that is. And, mm -hmm. you know, wow, that's so interesting. And, you know, look what happens when we when we have mixed race kids. And, you know, like that was a novelty. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, so it's interesting just to, to look at it that way. And, you know, it wasn't like I felt people were really judging me at all or judging him at all. Um, it was just surprising because I felt like there was so much more interest in my dating life if I happened to be with him because he was a, a black man versus if I had been dating anybody else. It was just, right. it wasn't like, oh, are you dating that person and are you happy? It was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, well, are you, are you dating him? <laughs> like, uh, well, he's a really great guy, but no, we're not a romantic couple. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. Um, it's, it's staggering that, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's 2022, Rebecca, and we're still talking about this. 
which I, I'm I glad we're talking about this, but I it know. is shocking that we're talking about this like this is a shocking thing. And, right. you know, shame on me for not being more open-minded years before. And, you know, here I am a, you know, a gay man in America and it's, you know, I should be accepting of all things at all times because that's in the handbook, but I haven't been. And to be in 2022 having conversations about, you know, again, exactly what you're talking about is I think is shameful for our country. Well, yeah, this is, um, this is quite a topic. Um, I would say that, you know, looking at some of the things that are going on, I mean, it is Black History Month on top of everything else, right? Um, and there, were, there have been some series on Netflix and some of the other, um, you know, cable stations and things that are talking about, you know, being Black Americans. Mm-hmm you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and right now, um, there's one of the series is called Women of the Movement. That was phenomenal. Um, there's, you know, I, it's like I'm still just learning about some of this. And, right. You know, um, yeah, I, re- I really wish that we were further along in just understanding that we all bleed red, that there isn't really any difference. And, mm-hmm. um you know, but the reality is there is a difference, and the difference is the way we're treated. That's the difference. Yeah. That, you know, I know that as a white person in America, I don't have to worry about being pulled over by the police. I'm not, I don't have to be in fear. I don't have to tell my kids to be careful. And that's a reality. I, I want to be that naive person that says, well, it doesn't matter. We all bleed red. We all do bleed red. And in my opinion, every single culture on the planet has had persecution at some point. But we are so far not able to get beyond our differences. I wish we were. I think that we are growing and evolving based on what I hear my teenager talking about and my teenager's peers because they are much more accepting and compassionate and loving and understanding and really truly embracing everyone regardless of their gender or their sexual preference or the color of their skin, I'm seeing a lot more tolerance and love and compassion in them. And it gives me hope. It really does. Um, But to see some of the things that have happened in recent history and look at the fact that the cycle continues, it's it's heartbreaking. It's shameful. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Oh, I I think so too. And, um, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I know that I can't ever pretend that I would know what that experience is, anything besides what my own life experience has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, as a heterosexual female, I can't begin to know what it would be like to be a gay man. And well, know, sometimes that, it's fun. Also... <laughs> well, you know, I think sometimes it's fun to be who we are no matter who we are, right? Yeah, that is true. Um, that is... But at the same time, in, in this, in, in my age demographic, you know, there was this whole thing about coming out. And it wasn't, um, it was much less well-received. So there was definitely a lot of, you know, gay bashing, a lot more so than there is now. Although 
I'm speaking as somebody from the outside looking in with no life experience about it. I'm making assumptions, which is probably, you know, shame on me. Um, but it seems like it's easier to be a gay man in America in 2022 than it was in 1985 or 1990. Yeah. Um, but that's, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong. Am I making an assumption that's erroneous? Or do you feel like it's easier now to be who you are in America? I think it's well, I've also gotten to the point where I just don't really care if people like me or not. So if you don't like me because I'm gay, I don't care. If you don't like me because I'm a dick, I don't care. If you don't like me because you don't like my sense of humor, I don't care. If you like me for any of those reasons, great. But it's not a defining moment in my life. Um, I do think that you know, if you are talking to the younger generation who are more aware you're going to find, like you mentioned with your kid, just a much wider range of acceptance over what's going on in the world today. You know, people are people. We just love people for being people. Be a good person. And that's really the defining right. barometer of what's going on. Um, I don't know. Because you see, you know, you see states like Florida who are trying to pass legislation. And don't ask me to be your political, you know, pundit here because I am – I shy away from anything having to do with politics. It just makes my eyes roll in right. the back of my head and not in a good way. But in Florida, they're trying to pass this, this law where you don't say the word gay. Don't, you know, don't say gay because you don't want it to, you know, possibly influence, you know, who people are. Well, I got news for you. You know, you are who you are <laughs> when you're born. Um, it took That's me right. a long time to realize that, but I will tell you, Rebecca, that did you know that since gay marriage passed in America, what was it almost like, I don't know, nine years ago, something like that. And again, his, historians correct me if I'm wrong, but gay marriage has not ruined America. Gay marriage has proven okay. that the gays are as equally boring once you let them get <laughs> married as the straighties or the hats. So, um, I think that's fascinating to me that you see, and I will say this is, I mean, this is me being really bitchy, but okay, here, it's my show, so I can say whatever I want. You're allowed, it's your show, uh, go ahead. Go okay, ahead. there we go. But I will tell you, Rebecca, I think it's super interesting to see all of these people, oh, you know, we want the right to get married, we want the right to get married, and they get married, you know, and they might have been together like, you know, Brad and Angelina were together for a decade, they get married, and two years later, they get divorced. And I see, you know, at least in the headlines, you know, so and so and so and so, you know, got married a year ago, 18 months ago, two years ago. Now they're, please respect our privacy during this difficult because, you know, the publicists all just steal the same boilerplate. And it's funny to see, it's not funny because I don't want to make light of anybody who splits up, but it is funny to see that, you know, that gay couples have just as much difficulty in a relationship as straight couples. And as much as you think, oh, we're going to be married for the rest of our lives. We're going to be married until it doesn't work and we don't want to work on it together. And I think that's the common denominator of both sides of the fence. And I, I don't enjoy seeing people be in pain or hurt, but I, I find that just so fascinating that we are at a point where we're all sharing the same you know, tale of woe for how our relationships come and go. Well, and, and, you know, that's another conversation. Like, we could talk a whole show about the archetypes of marriage and... and um, sure, I know. 
you know, that's a, that's a whole other thing that the relationship does change energetically because um, if you follow Carolyn Mace's work, it's um, M-Y-S-S is her last name, and she talks about energy and anatomy of the spirit. And, you know, basically um, she studied theology and, um, and then metaphysics, and basically what she discovered is that, you know, the chakras in the body basically um, line up perfectly with the branches in the Judaic tree of life and also the Christian sacraments. And so she talks about how um, marriage is, you know, like in the root chakra, you know, it's our connection to community and tribe. And so when people, when two people get married, they're actually connecting to um, all of that tribal energy, all of, you know, the archetype of marriage. So, you think about like all the energies of all of the people who've been married. And, and I'm saying this in a very simplistic way, uh, but it's a very interesting conversation. Um, and like I said, that's like, that's a whole other show. Um, anyway, so yeah. Well, I'm glad you're coming back you next month because now, we can... now we've, we've got a whole show topic. <laughs> that's right. Yes. We started this on Valentine's day. Woo-hoo. Um, but, yeah, so when you talk about how, yeah, that now gay people can get married, have, have boring marriages, just like heterosexual people, that's right. It's, it's absolutely true. Um, because you shift from the dynamic of, you know, first being somebody courting, you know, courting each other, and then, you know, the romantic part, and then, you know, the falling in love part, the, the, the deeper love, if you will, that, that comes, and the friendship, hopefully, and then now you're boyfriend and girlfriend, and then you change into the energy of being fiancés, and then you change into becoming, um, you know, husband and wife, wife and wife, husband and husband, you know, whatever it is that you become. And so um, every time your relationship shifts, and this is not Carolyn Mace's stuff, this is my own observation and my stuff, um, Basically, every single one of us has expectations of ourselves and our partner in each of those roles. Mm-hmm. So when you start dating somebody, you're kind of getting to know each other. You're kind of watching to see, well, how do they behave and how do they respond and do they react? Are they, are they staying centered? Are they communicating? What are they doing? What are they not doing? Um, is this something that's going to fit into my lifestyle? Is this something that's going to work? Um, and then, okay, we've decided we're going to be exclusive. What does that look like? Now I have a different expectation of you if you're going to be my partner, and I have a different expectation of myself and how I'm going to behave in a committed relationship. And so we might not even be acknowledging that we have those subconscious expectations that we do. And, and then as that relationship progresses and if we become engaged, now we have a different expectation of both ourselves and our partner. And then that changes again when we get married. It changes again when we become parents. Um, it changes through different phases. And I think, you know, there isn't a lot, well, I haven't seen a lot of attention paid to um, how we ourselves grow and change when we take on, um, you know, the, the roles of those archetypes as we change our role. Um, not only in the lives of our partners, but then how we see ourselves or how we want to be seen in society and all of that. So all of this stuff connected to community, family, uh, gen- generational energy. It's, anyway, we could t- I could talk about this for at least a whole show. So okay. I'm going to go back to – Let's come back to um, this topic to in just about three Valentine's minutes Day. after we play One Time Valentine by me, Blonde Jesus, okay. and Kelly. Yes. We're going to be right back in three minutes, 25 seconds. Get off your chair and start dancing and thinking about your. I'm not looking for love on this Valentine's night. It's just me and the guys. 
there were like two or three sessions. I'm used to not doing it this way at all. So it took me out of my comfort zone. And then we recorded this while COVID's going on. So it's like, okay, I'm wearing a mask. I've had a full alcohol down. I've sprayed Lysol on me. I won't be six feet close to, you know, this is when, you know, you didn't know anything. We just, you know, did this, what, 18 months ago. So Kelly came in and would sing in the recording booth and we'd, you know, Lysol her down. And I'd, you know, Lysol me and I'd go in and we'd, you know, I'd do my part. And it was so much fun. And we actually, we really did win an award for best country, rock country song or something like that. I have a, I have a plaque somewhere for it. But um, yeah, anyway, that's one time Valentine. Uh, Rebecca, we are joined with uh, Rebecca Fisk. She's my guest co-host. You can book a psychic reading with her at IamRebecca.com. I've got the hyperlinks set up on the show page. So if you would like to book a reading with her, please go to her website by clicking the link, and that will take you to IamRebecca.com. I'm beating that to pulp because if you were listening on iHeartRadio or Apple's podcast, well, you don't have the highlights. You've just got the show you're listening to, and I thank you for listening tonight. Um, Rebecca, we were talking before the break about the different stages of relationships, we talked about when you first meet somebody and it's oh it's you who is so much fun and then you get into the well, maybe I kind of like this person seriously dating now we're getting married now we can't stand each other and we get divorced. So what part of the life cycle <laughs> of a relationship is your favorite? <laughs> well, actually, I want to go back to the song because I love that song. By the way, okay, well let's go back to the it. song. It's really I love fun. it too. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoy it and I and yes I. You know, you gotta you gotta at least tap your toes, if not get up and and dance around a little bit. I love it. Right, it's awesome. Oh and of course, and of course, Brian, Brian the producer and the guitar player. Brian Pothier, love it. Oh, the best. Yeah. yeah, love it, love it, love it, love yeah. it. Yeah. And I will tell you, one of the things Rebecca that I'm always asked about is, you know, how about if you work with this producer or that producer or come up and do whatever. Listen, I work with Brian Pothier for one, why well, for about a million reasons, but one reason. I know his work. I know what I'm going to get. I'm not expecting one thing and getting something vastly different. What you get with Brian Pothier at pothierproductions.com, shameless plug for Brian up in Brea, California, is somebody who knows what he's doing. He musically is gifted. I hear horror stories, and I mean, even mm-hmm. Kelly, who works with with Brian, will tell these things. These things too. They'll say, "Well, oh yeah, we'll work with this hot new producer, or work with this person." You say, "Okay, I'll give it a shot," and so you go to them and say, "I have a budget of a dollar," and they're like, "Oh, well, we can do. We can totally make a dollar work," and then you get like neck oh, deep yeah. in the project, and you know they're already at three dollars. Now, as an right. indie, you know singer songwriter musician. I will tell you, I don't have Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, Megan Thee Stallion money funding my studio time or paying for people to help me do my music. I've got little old me with a J-O-B that I love. But at the end of the day, those expenses are coming out of my pocket. So if you're going to tell me you can do a song for a dollar, you better damn well do the song for a dollar and don't come back and say it's now two or three or four or five because I don't have that money. And a lot of times when I'm working with Brian, you know, I know, I know our process. I know when I go to my song, I know how much time it's going to take. 
And is the is every song that we do perfect? In my opinion, pretty pretty good. I mean, to be quite honest, at least production wise, it's absolutely top notch. But you hear the stories of the you know people saying, well, it's now going to be five dollars. I told you it's one. Um, I won't give you any of the work that you have done until you right, pay me the other right. four. Well, how, yep. you know, it's oh, just yeah, no, all slimy and scammy. And that's not to say there's yeah. awesome people up in Hollywood or wherever you want to record music, but I just know what I'm going to get with Brian. I don't have surprises and he delivers a product to me at the end of the day. I can rely upon 100% of the time. Yeah, he's great. He is. He is great. He's, a, he's great. He's really great at what he does. And a super nice guy, excellent guitar player. Yeah. Really, really, really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say that. So Kelly and Brian were in my wedding. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> I know I know them well. Um, okay. So going back to, you asked me a question about what is my favorite phase. Favorite and, phase of a relationship. Uh, of a relationship. You know, that's a really sticky question for me. I'd rather answer the Valentine's thing from where I was a year ago to where I am okay, today. Okay, well, let's go back to that. Okay, fine. Where so you been? Okay, Valentine. While I am answering that question, I will, the other side of my brain will be pondering <laughs> the question to see if I can answer Fair that at the end of the show. Fair uh, enough. So a year ago today, uh, I was feeling full of self-love. And I had made a decision about 10 days prior. I, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do for Valentine's Day. I was, you know, not really seeing anybody, talking to several different guys on, you know, a couple of dating apps. And, you know, it kind of, I, I got the, the Costco ad, you know, the magazine in the mail. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was February 1st or something. And I kind of flipped through and the page opened to, we have Valentine's flowers, two dozen long stem roses for 59 bucks delivered. And I went, I'm buying myself some long stem roses for Valentine's Day. So I went on Costco.com and I ordered myself 50 long stem red roses. And I was so happy and so excited that I knew exactly what I was going to get. I wasn't waiting for somebody to buy it for me. And, um, and so every single day it was like, I'm getting roses for Valentine's Day and I'm so happy. So I did everything that I wanted to do for myself for Valentine's Day. And it was really cute, too. We had this really nice, sweet UPS guy. He's kind of cute, you know, really young, like, you know, probably young enough to be my kid. Um, but he's, he's always been very kind and very sweet and just very friendly, you know, just like a nice neighbor almost, right? And then he had changed routes for, I don't know, three years or something. And then, I don't know. A few months before Valentine's Day, he was back on a route again. It was like, hey, nice to see you. Glad to have you back. Because the others, it was like they kept switching off, and we didn't even know who our UPS guy was anymore. So it was really nice to have the familiar guy back. So it was really cute because I was uh, sitting at the dining table. Um, I live upstairs in a duplex. And so when somebody is coming to the front door, I can see them climbing the stairs to get to the front door. And so um, he happened to peek in the window when I was sitting here, because he had this big box, and he knew I was getting, you know, red roses or roses for Valentine's Day, and he had the cutest smile on his face, like, well, look at you, you know, and it was it was just really cute and really sweet, so anyway, that's what I did last year. I took myself out to breakfast, because it was a Sunday. Um, my kid was uh, at dad's, 
So um, I took myself out to my favorite breakfast place, had my favorite breakfast. I got myself some chocolates that I really love. I got myself a fancy coffee because I'm a coffee snob and a chocolate snob, and people who know me well know that about me. Um, and I just had the best day. I took a drive along the coast. I went for a walk at the beach. It was just, I, I did everything I wanted to do just for myself, and, and it felt wonderful. So um, that was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And um, about a week later, I met a guy who was different from everybody I've ever dated. And um, just a very strong, instant, like, wow, okay. And we both have the same feeling at the same moment. Um, and that became fairly intense fairly quickly. Uh, and then there were some things, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, everything's kind of going along and you're trying to kind of get to know each other and then you get curveballs thrown at you. And it just seemed like there was curveball after curveball after curveball after curveball after curveball. And, you know, anyway, long story short, we also both realized that um, we had some wounds from previous relationships and things. And um, both of us decided, you know what, I, I need to go heal myself. I need to not date anybody right now, and and I need to work on healing. And so we both ended up getting into therapy, um, and that led me to understanding that I've had some trauma events in my life that started fairly young, very young, actually. And so it basically gave me an opportunity to, to start looking at the stuff that needed to be healed within me. And then I came across this certification course that I'm now taking part in, and it's to be a love, sex, and relationship coach. And the reason that I'm doing this certification program is because they address trauma. They address sexual trauma. They address, um, you know, other types of trauma and provide methods to coach people to healing. Now, it's not a therapy. You know, I'm not becoming a licensed therapist, but it is an intense course that's a year long. So what, and what – what is the training? Yeah. I mean, so, what is the, your course? Um, it's been a million years, I've been in school. So, how many courses do you take at a time? What type of class schedule is it? How do you meet? How do you, I mean, what's that like? Take me through it like a typical course. Okay. And, and so we are, we are in it now. We're actually, we just started trauma. We just started working on the trauma modules. So, each week is a module. And basically, there are everything's online. So it's Zoom calls. We have there are, you know, roughly 300 students. I think in this particular in my class, if you will, from all around the world. And we have um, we have required reading. We have lectures online. We have workshops. We have videos. We have practice uh, practical practicals basically. Um, and so you have basically each week is a module. So you're given your assignment the Friday before and told, you know, what you need to do. So you can kind of go ahead if you want to, except that for there are live calls during the week as well. And so they also have office hours with the teacher that you're assigned to. And then there's a lot of staff that you can reach out to if you have questions or whatever. Um, it's intense. I mean, it, it's, it's self-directed, but we, with a lot of um, – tutelage, I guess is what I will say. Um, but it, but a lot of it is, is kind of heavy duty stuff because you're, you're really, you know, the emphasis at the, on the first trimester, which is what I'm in, is healing ourselves, 
So basically they're creating an opportunity for us to learn how to create a safe space by doing it for us and, and teaching us how to do it for ourselves, which gives us the opportunity to learn how to do it for other people. So there's, you know, they make no bones about the fact that this is not a licensed therapy type certification. It is a coaching certification, um, but the woman who put this together prides herself on having one of the most extensive um, and content-rich programs available anywhere. So it's a 650-hour course. It's a year. Oh, a so basically, fun. it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in school full-time, basically, yeah. is, is what it is. I am in school full-time. So, I mean, you know, they said, look, first trimester, figure 20 hours a week. Second trimester, figure 25 hours a week um, of coursework. And so, um, so it's intense. But the beautiful thing about all of this is that, you know, this amazing man that I met gave me an opportunity to see things about myself that I needed to see so that I could take the next step on my own path. Because, like, I know that I'm a good psychic. I know that I'm good at helping people. You know, it's and you know, Garrett, the work that I do is is kind of like coaching as well. Um, but now I'm going to have more tools to be able to help people at a deeper level. And that makes mm -hmm. me happy. Like I, I want to heal myself. And then my intention is to help other people heal if they're willing. It's, everything's always an inside job. All we can do is help create a safe space and help maybe facilitate an opportunity for healing and growth. And then it becomes an inside job on the part of the individual. Um, so that's kind of where I am now is that, um, and so this this year, let me fast forward now to Valentine's Day. Um, so about 10 days ago, I went, oh, I forgot to order my Valentine's flowers. So I went online and I got uh, 50 roses again from Costco delivered. Uh, I got 25 white and 25 red. And I did what I did last year. And that is um, I gave roses to some of my closest friends and loved ones and still kept a few for myself. And that felt really good. And so the other thing that I did was um, one of my uh, uh, classmates uh, actually, is, we, we partner with one other person to, you know, kind of provide support. Um, and so she and I have been having weekly phone calls for weeks now. And it turned out that she was going to be in the area. She doesn't live in the state of California. And so she actually uh, came over and we got to meet in person on Thursday and she spent the night. So I had already bought Valentine's Day stuff and the flowers were already here. And so I bought some chocolates and thought, well, we'll just do Valentine's Day early since this is a certification program that's all about love. So we'll do Valentine's Day early. So I still have several Valentine's Day balloons and lots of roses still and lots of chocolate and um, so I've been basically been celebrating Valentine's Day uh, all weekend. <laughs> good for you. Um, yeah, and you know it feels good. And the other thing is that, um, you know, after I realized that I was getting triggered with this gentleman, um, I thought, you know what, I need to not be dating anybody. So I took myself off all of the apps. Um, I haven't dated anybody since I dated him, and. Um, you know, I basically am enjoying the quiet, you know, I, I am enjoying just kind of being in this peaceful place with myself. So, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not talking to people, but um, 
I'm actually just really enjoying getting to know the place of peace within me because there's a different level of self-love that I have now compared to where I was a year ago. And Garrett, when you were talking earlier about how you don't really care what anybody thinks of you, part of that is the age, I think. You know, when, we, when, you, when, you, when you get past 35, let's say, maybe a little bit older, but, you know. Um, I turn 29 you, next you, year, you, Missy. I know. Well, that's why I was thinking, you know, wasn't quite sure. Yeah. So, so 29, <laughs> you, you reach the point where you just, you don't care what anybody thinks anymore. Yeah. And, and so for me, I've kind of been there for a long time, but I didn't realize that just because I didn't really care what other people thought of me, because, you know, it's not that I'm rude or tactless or disrespectful, um, but you know, it was like, you know, what you think of me is none of my business. My, what, you know, what your opinion of me is, I don't care because I'm more right. concerned about whether or not I feel like I'm in alignment on my path with God or right. whatever you want to call yes. it. Yes. But that's yes. what matters to me. And I know you know that about me, Garrett. You've known oh that for a God. long time. Um, however, the other thing that I realized in this relationship with this guy, such as it was, was that I still wanted validation from outside myself. I mm-hmm. liked guys paying attention to me. I liked, you know, even if there wasn't anything really going on and it was like, oh, I kind of, I know this guy isn't really what I want for a life partner, but I like talking to him. It's fun to flirt with him and whatever. And what I realized is that, you know, I'm kind of spinning my wheels and using energy someplace that it doesn't really belong because it's not going to get me anywhere. And so the other thing that I've learned is that my time and energy is precious. And I knew that before, but Mm -hmm. because of the trauma and the stuff that I've been through in my life, I was still looking for validation from men outside of myself. So it still mattered to me whether or not they paid attention to me or whether or not um, they liked me if I liked them. And I'm not in that place now. I no longer seek validation based on whether or not somebody, you know, likes me or clicks on my picture or, you know, whatever. I'm not looking for that validation that I was looking for on the dating app. Mm -hmm. I don't need that anymore because that's not what I'm about. If I'm, if I'm validating myself and giving myself permission to just be okay or to, to say to myself, I love you and you're beautiful the way you are. And I really mean it. And I'm really learning to be that then I don't need somebody else to tell me that. And, you know, granted, well, and of course, Garrett, you know I'll reach out when I say, okay, just tell me today that I'm okay because I'm having one of those moments. And mm-hmm. I know you will, and I have beautiful and wonderful and loving friends like Garrett who will do that for me. We all need friends like that because we all have off days. I don't care who you are. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how happy you are in your life. There are moments where we go, crap, I really didn't mean to do that, and I feel bad, and I'm going to have to love myself through this, but – you know, I would like somebody else reflecting back to me right now that I'm lovable. So thank you. You know, so um, anyway, so that's a huge change in the level of love that I have for myself. And I have to tell you, part of that is, you know, it isn't just this, this gentleman who's given me a lot of these gifts about reflecting back to me what I needed to see in myself, because he did a beautiful job of mirroring to me the things in myself that I needed to heal also mirrored back to me love, which I appreciate. But between that, getting on my path, and then breaking my shoulder, and having to really surrender into that place of receiving from the most vulnerable place. I mean, come on, folks. My teenager had to dry me off and dress me after the shower because my left arm did not work. 
Mm. I was in an immobilizer. And until, what did I say, five days ago, I could not lift my arm. The nerve that was that runs along the deltoid wasn't activating. I, it was traumatized when I fell. And the surgeon told me last week, didn't know, you know, I have to go get a nerve test. He said, I don't know if that nerve's going to come back or not. So thankfully, of course it's coming back. Thank you, body. I love you, and thank you for loving me. Um, but I could not, you know, if you, if you go to kind of do like a chicken wing thing with your arms, I can do that today. I could not do that five days ago. My, that part oh, of my wow. arm did oh, not wow. work at all. Could not lift my arm. Could only lift, like, you know, doing curls, like from the elbow, but to lift out to the side didn't work. So well, that's- I'm really grateful. I'm really, really grateful in learning to receive and learning that it's okay to be vulnerable and that people love me and they'll show up and they have, and they are. And thank you again, Garrett, for, you know, the, the year and a half supply of chicken soup <laughs> and cookies. Oh my God, but don't ever make those for me again. Cause I will eat them all. I think they were gone in like three days in this house, which is ridiculous. Well, they um, are a little addictive, but, anyway. but there we go. You know, well, okay. Are, we've got, you know we've okay. got three minutes left. So enough know, about all that. Yeah. Okay. So I want yeah. to tell people about your, at your service again, what you do and don't do, you got two minutes. Oh, okay. The, the elevator seats. Okay. So about my psychic work, I'm sorry, because you kind of cut out yes, for please. whatever reason. Okay. Yes. Hi. <laughs> All right. So um, I am an intuitive psychic. I'm also a medium. If you would like to set up a, an appointment for a session, you can reach me at IamRebecca.com. Um, and uh, I love my work, and um, that's kind of it. You know, I, I, I'm i grateful. I'm grateful, and I'm blessed. I do work that I love. I know that I'm in alignment and on my path, and if you need clarity about your love life or about your own path or, you know, maybe you have some medical stuff going on, you know, reach out, and I would love to help you. There we go. That is Rebecca. So everybody, I will tell you that, again, the show is on Apple's podcast. We're on iHeartRadio. We're here on Blog Talk. Download it. Take the show with you and tell all of your friends. We will be back next week with my guest co-host, Rob Watson. We'll be talking about all things LGBT and ask him what he did on his Valentine's Day. And I cannot wait to hear all about that. And it's my sincere thanks that you were tuning in and making this show possible. We're, of course, looking for um, if you have a show topic or a guest host or something like that that you would like to suggest. We're always open to that. You can contact the show and we'll direct your request accordingly. And for that, have a happy Valentine's Day night, everybody. We'll be back next Monday live, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You've been listening to Rated G Radio. Bye-bye.